Last week on this show was an injustice. I had two questions answered absolutely correctly. And oh, just because I happened to say the old double knee, I was that wasn't my actual answer. My actual answer was the double knee. I was being colloquial and saying the old double knee. Like, this is fucking ridiculous. You have no handle on how any of these rules are played. This is a travesty. It is an injustice. Chuck, I demand that these wrongs be righted. I understand you're very upset about this. Give me my points. I talked. Give me my points. The booking committee. Last week, I said we would not proceed with the show until I got the rightful points that I deserve. We are not going to proceed with this week's show until I get the rightful points that I fucking deserve. Let me propose this. If you want your points from last week, how about if this week you don't have to put up the title whatsoever, but if you win, you will be awarded your rightful points. Now, that is ridiculous. I I answered those questions absolutely correctly. Now, you've got one thing correct. I will not be putting up my title this week, but I, I why should I have to compete for points that I rightfully earn? Well, for one thing, if if nobody competes, then we have no show. So obviously, oh, we, oh, oh, like that's my problem. It, it is not your problem. Absolutely. However, stakes, man, people want stakes when they, they come to the show because they want stakes. And I think the stakes of the fact that a right will be wronged as long as, as typical, you can, you know, absolutely win the game this week. It'll just be, you know what, it'll just be you and Shawnee. You don't even have to take on both of the Sunshine Buddies. It's just you and Shawnee, and we'll talk wrestling, and you can answer the questions, and as long as you can continue to dominate, then we will overturn those points. Me and Shawnee, one-on-one. Just just you and Shawnee, one-on-one. (laughs) you know what chuck i kind of like that idea there you go absolutely hit the music it sucks all of it sucks it's stupid this is the worst piece of shit in wrestling like retribution i'm here to destroy the show from within by becoming its champion this is the saddest episode of the show ever you're just lucky that I didn't come up, come back under my new retribution name, uh, Dick Nuts. Yeah, this sucks. It's boring. Oh, yeah, uh, Chuck. We were oh, talking about it before. Um, <laughs> great to have you back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the One Fall Show. I am your host, Chuck Bean, for a show that is part wrestling discussion and part uh, game show. And uh, this week, uh, I am joined by almost all of the usual faces. Our own uh, Justin Valentine couldn't make it this week, but that is okay because we still have a whole bunch of wrestling to talk about and a whole bunch of personalities to talk about it with. Starting off, I'd like to introduce my scorekeeper, uh, the person that helps me out with the questions every week, and that is Miss Erica Bannis. Hey, sweet pea. What's going on? Oh, you know, just another week of one fall show, and I'm happy to have you along for it. As always, it's lovely to be here amongst my fellow wrestling brethren and to talk a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Lots of news, lots of lots of shit went down. It's exciting. I love the end of the year. Like, you know, things go down. We're heading into the road to WrestleMania. We're heading into Wrestle Kingdom. It's a fun time. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to get into all of it with you and with our contestants this week. Only two of three contestants, one of which one half of the Sunshine Buddies, the guy that uh, makes it happen over at the Talk Horror to Me podcast, Mr. Shawnee Constant. Hey, everybody. How are you doing, Chuck? How are you doing? It's, let, let me take a moment here to say something about our, our dear, sweet, darling, Justin. He truly does love Christmas. And uh, to pull the curtain back a little bit, he works in promotions at a radio station. Yeah, And uh, this week was their toy drive. And man, he jumps into that thing like a superhero fighting crime. And uh, so the reason he's missing this week is because he's tuckered out and uh, he put in the work. He earned the time off and uh, I'm real proud of him. 
Uh, it's going to be fun to have another show here this week with no game, right? Like we had that casual episode a few weeks ago. It looks like we're going to have another casual episode here today, huh? Uh, well, a little wrinkle in that uh, particular one there, Shawnee. Um, wrinkle? Our, yeah, well, our, our other competitor here, who I'll introduce in a minute, uh, our champion, uh, is still upset about a couple of uh, questions that he believes he got right last week. So I've made a bargain with him that if he can win this week's game, Strictly against you, then he can. We will. Uh, the booking committee will reaward those points to him. Well, who's he, who's this other contestant? Mister Nate Bender, the uh, champion of the One Fall Show. Oh no, that's right. And let me tell you the other side of that story. Justin is in fact a coward for not showing up this week because he knew that there was so much wrestling going on, and I am just such. A wealth, a font of knowledge, if you will, when it comes to the wrestling world. And he knew that he had no chance of taking me on this week. And so he's a coward who decided not to show up. Heel as fuck. I I like painting Justin as a piece of shit for getting children who are underprivileged toys for Christmas. What? <laughs> A garbage human. You know what? You know what? Yeah, he is a he's a coward. He's a coward. He he's helping brighten the lives of 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 tons of children in the Metro Detroit area and and giving them a great Christmas. I agree. I agree with you wholeheartedly, Nate. What a coward! Yeah, fuck them kids, Chuck. You know yeah. what? You, you got you got one step ahead of me. Okay, I want to quote the greatest athlete that has graced the basketball court. Of in the entire history of the game, Michael Jordan, when he <laughs> said, fuck them kids. Oh, happy holidays, everybody. With that in mind, let's, it's get, Christmas. To <laughs> let's get to our game uh, this week. As always, we've got three rounds consisting of three questions each. Uh, uh, one round just uh, about the wwe product of raw and smackdown another round about nxt and aew and a third round about everything else going on with the around the ring news and notes and boy oh boy is there a lot of stuff going on it is a fantastic time to be a wrestling fan because there is so much uh that is available to you not mandatory just available uh nate you're the champ we'll let you start off we'll let you decide where we're going to start off for this week oh, if he's not putting up the title this week i don't think he should get the first crack with champions advantage i think we should have a coin toss that's fair you know what i'm into that that no, that is not fair that's extremely fair thanks chuck i, I appreciate that it's very fair bullshit <laughs> this is already the collusion has started all right coins in the air Heads or tails? Tails never fails, Chuck. You're right. Tails never fails. Bullshit. Tails it is. Bullshit. Shawnee, where do you want to start this week? Ooh, let's start with uh, let's start with the news and notes around the ring. Yeah, because there's plenty of them to get to. Let me put up first before we get there that I do not believe there is not a question about Triple A Mania. So if you guys want to dive right into talking about that at any point during this show, by all means, please feel free, because that just happened within the last 24 hours. You mean I spent four hours watching Triple Mania last night for nothing? Well, not for nothing. I'm sure you enjoyed it. I'm sure there's plenty to talk about there. Did you see Triple Mania? I did not. Yeah. Well, until you do, don't call it enjoyable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I understand Michael Nakazawa showed up. How could there be anything but joy in that moment? That's fair. Yeah. And absolutely. failed to catch Kenny Omega. <laughs> oh, that spot was horrendous. Well, Holy you know, crap. accidents, you know, horrible. He's oily. What do you want to do? He's very greasy. <laughs> Listen, I had to sit through an LA Park match in 2020. <laughs> what about the Marvel match? Wasn't that fantastic? Oh, you mean Brian Cage is Thanos? Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into the news and notes around the ring, starting with uh, Impact Wrestling and Mr. Kenny Omega. Who was denied entry to Kenny Omega's bus on this week's episode of Impact? Oh, no. It's their world champion. He was thrown out of WWE. Believe that he's married to Sue Young. But you know how this goes, Chuck, right? I do. I can name everything about a man, but then can't remain name. Um, 
Uh, Big Bam Vader. <laughs> no, that is not married to Sue Young. None of those things uh, go together. But I appreciate that that is your go-to. When you I was wrong about all of those things. No, all those things you're correct about, except the name. Oh, thank God. Okay, you, thanks. You literally know everything about this man except for his name, which... Yeah, I mean, I would, I would personally award a, a point to Shawnee, but I don't want Nate to get all. That's true, and you know what? Nate's got an opportunity here to just start off strong. Go ahead, Nate. Who was it? Uh, wealthy duck. No, I mean Rich Swan. <laughs> wealthy duck. Yes, uh, Mr. Rich Swan. This is probably the one episode of Impact everyone has seen. Uh, as opposed to every week when I talk about, you know, everything that's going on impact. What did you guys think of, uh, Kenny Omega being on impact of the show? Was it, was it a good first show for anyone who doesn't watch impact? I thought they started strong, at least with Chris Sabian and, uh, Chris Sabian, sorry. And, uh, I'm used to Kip Sabian and, uh, the, the guy from the North. I thought that that was really like their first two matches were like good you know, solid matches um, where it started to, to break down for me was uh, the, the guy who got shot. Um, uh, oh yes. Johnny Bravo. Uh, yeah. Johnny Bravo, Local, local legend. Yes. Yes. And, and that's the thing is I, you know, I know he's a Detroit guy and I really want to like him, but like, it's so over the top and so goofy, you know, like now, now there's a step, like if, if, if a guy win, loses, he goes to jail. Like it's just, it's, it's gone so far off the rails. And of course, like, you know, who expected that to, to go well? <laughs> right. Right. But, you know, I stuck around to the end and I like what Kenny Omega and, uh, Don Callis are, are doing. I think that the pairing of the two is so necessary for Kenny. Like he's not a very strong promo. Um, he's, you know, if he knows the few lines he's got to get out, he's fine. But like having him paired with a manager and someone who's as snide as Don Callis can present himself as it really works. Like, I think, I think that these guys are going to work really, really well together. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this kind of plays out in love with belt collector Kenny Omega. You know, we've talked about how dry and used up the idea of having two belts has become over the last couple of years. And rather than pull back, they're going all in. And Kenny Omega, uh, who did uh, retain his AAA title, is now going to start collecting belts. And I believe that there's no reason to think that this is going to lead to anything other than a challenge for the new Japan uh, world title at some point and a uh, full circle with the golden lovers. And there is really nothing more exciting in wrestling that you could do. And we're seeing the reformation of that sort of era of the bullet club. I know that calling them the OG bullet club enrages people because there's uh, some pedantic history there that's being overlooked, but the core of the bullet club that caught the world's attention is in impact wrestling and is in AEW, and we're seeing that all start to fall together, and it's so damn exciting. Besides that, uh, you know, Impact is what it is. Tommy Dreamer just clearly loves this game so much that he'll play any role in it. I mean, (laughs) watching Tommy Dreamer essentially, I mean, you know, his gimmick is certainly to do... He's embarrassing himself in his old age, isn't he? But I think he understands he's doing it. It's fucking weird to watch. It makes me a little uncomfortable. I don't <laughs> love it, uh, but I don't. Um, I don't decry the people who do love it. You know, uh, there's the, there are diehards uh, on Impact. I don't think that they won me over to be one of those with this one single appearance. But it won me over to watch anything Kenny Omega does, and for sure. I will return to Impact Wrestling the next time a notable star from AEW crosses that line, if it is to happen. Yeah, I do want to see more talent kind of cross that dividing line, both ways, too. I want to see Impact talent make their way to to AEW as well. You know, I think Eric Young could work a phenomenal program with uh, someone like Darby Allen, right? Like, to me, that's a match that I would pay to see put that on a pay-per-view and and you've got me. 
Uh, the other thing is, as I want to talk about the belt collector thing for just a minute, because I do think it's pretty obvious that the two storylines that are being built here are what is going to be Kota Ibushi's uh, finally, you know, getting to be crowned IWGP champion. Oh, and interesting. and then the next night besting Jay White. So Jay White getting ultimately screwed, you know, the heel gets his comeuppance. I think that's a phenomenal story right there. But then if you if you do have these sort of meeting of worlds of, you know, AEW and New Japan, the best scenario out of that is to get Kenny Omega in his belt collector gimmick going up against Kota Ibushi. And the, yeah, the golden lovers explode. Yeah, that to me is maybe the most compelling storyline in 20 years in wrestling. And what I'm really worried about is if, you know, there are so many dominoes that have to align. There are so many stars that have to align to make that possibility happen. I'm hoping that we're not all getting our hopes up to be ultimately disappointed for some kind of something to end up getting in the way you know what i mean like it's just it's so tenuous and it needs so many things to go exactly right that it's like man if you can pull this off fucking this will be excellent but if it crashes and burns no one will ever be able to forget it and i think ultimately that's what the hope is is that everyone will continue to play along like this wasn't just a shot in the arm for final resolution their uh their show that was this weekend that you know we continue to see much like we did with nwa some cross promotion between the two everybody playing along real well yeah erica did you have something to chime in on this one yeah a couple quick points to nate's point about you know having everything go off without a hitch whether you know with the crossovers and stuff. I really, truly feel like the only things that could stand in, in the way are one freak injuries, which I mean, that happens. That's wrestling. We all know that. And then two, obviously are just the current coronavirus pandemic. Obviously, you know, we have vaccines going out, so hopefully things can kind of unfuck themselves and, and perhaps people can travel again and, and all that stuff. Um, going back to Kenny being kind of like a meh, promo um i completely agree him being paired with don Callis, who's so goddamn charismatic and just so funny and quick yeah. um is absolutely perfect and in truth i mean it's i mean kenny's not a horrible promo but i think don's just so good that he just kind of overshadows kenny and also when when kenny does talk because let's be honest kenny is jacked and kind of hot and then he starts <laughs> talking and you're like oh you're you're a hot jack nerd <laughs> it's just one of those things where, where like you're not expecting it so it's a little jarring so yeah i i, I wholeheartedly agree that pairing with callus is perfect um lastly the the part on impact where kenny's like where they were talking about like being like lex luger like you know the bus Okay, I think somehow Kenny's going to show up on Impact and walk in in that in one of those goddamn collarless shirts, the way that Lex Luger did on the first night of oh, Nitro. Oh no! And because it's ah, like, ah. what would what would Kenny do to be Kenny, and also to kind of make a meme? And then he's alluding to being like Lex Luger. I'm like, oh, please tell me he's going to wear one of those goddamn shirts that looks stupid. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on with our around the ring uh, to New Japan Pro Wrestling having their best of Super Juniors 27. And uh, during that, the Gorillas of Destiny won New Japan Pro Wrestling's World Tag League thanks to interference from whom? Nate, you've got an opportunity to uh, get yourself two points here. I have not caught up with New Japan. So uh, I'm going to guess Will Ospreay and that uh weird looking guy that he's got with him i think what the fuck is that guy's name <laughs> i don't remember but i'm gonna guess will osprey he's he's not the castlevania guy we know that yeah not definitely not the castlevania guy no will osprey is not what i've got down here so we'll uh move to shawnee you've got an opportunity for two points who am i talking about i really don't know chuck but i'm gonna guess the 24 piece of gold leo rush Ooh, that's a great guess but unfortunately i'm talking about kenta 
Oh wait, no, the twenty-four-year-old piece of gold was in Mexico, wasn't he? Performing in the uh, the marble match. <laughs> ah, all right then. Uh, well. All right, well, yeah. Um, this is an opportunity for Erica for you to uh, fill us in on the best of Super Juniors. Give us just uh, the Cliff's notes. What did we miss? Well, first of all, are we talking about the other? Are you going to be covering the other question about I am Japan? Not. Nope. Okay, because I didn't want to tread on that. Then have you go, yep. well, great. I don't have a three-point question, bitch. Nope. Great. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. Yeah, she's you know, not smart, Chuck. She's like, so Chuck, the answer? you dummy. Oh, are you going to ask answer, the wrong sorry. question? That's what she just asked you, really. Yeah, pretty much. No, I'm not going to. Nope. Well, once again, I, I do the questions. I don't know what Chuck's going to pick as far as the order. So I'm like, it's always a surprise every time we record. Yep. Anyway, uh, you know, Bullet Club's going to Bullet Club. Um, you know, G.O.D. won by nefarious means. Uh, it was, I, I think, just a great continuation of um, who they are and just kind of really kind of solidifying just Bullet Club being the true heel faction of njpw uh that uh super juniors final holy shit um if you guys have a chance to to go back and see it i i highly recommend it um and what's really interesting is uh you know obviously due to the pandemic they had to kind of hold the world tag league and the super juniors at the same time and they had to do their finals in one show which they never really do um and usually like obviously like the the juniors match isn't always the main event they got to main event this show as opposed to having like the heavyweight guys you know main event the show which is you know it's just it's very traditional new japan stuff you know where it's like oh you're heavier you are more important let me ask you a question yes dear why are they called juniors for those of us that don't know that don't watch new japan like why are they the oh, super uh, juniors oh well i mean they're the junior heavyweights okay uh you know so i mean it's it's you know they have essentially like two divisions they have their heavyweights which is once they're bigger guys sure. and then their junior heavyweights which are essentially like their cruiserweights okay um, that's just what they call them your your will ospreys before he got super buff was a junior he's very much now a heavyweight uh for some odd reason when they brought in Sh uh shingo uh they had him be a junior heavyweight even though he very much was not but he was filling in for hiromu so it's you know, it's a th it's New Japan. That's just what they do. Uh, yeah, that Super Junior Final was whoo, uh, just brutal. And there was the the unmasking of uh, El Desperado. He ripped off his own mask, oh. and it it was a very dramatic moment. And like, obviously, with the crowds in Japan right now, they're they're not allowed to like yell. And, and stuff to prevent, you know, the, the droplets from spreading. But like, you could tell, like, even they were like, <gasps> like there was like audible gas yeah. and just lots of. If enough people because, make a gasping noise, then you can hear it. It um, and, and, and truth be told, like it was it was legitimately shocking because I, I I don't think I've ever seen that. I don't think I've ever seen some someone go for another wrestler's mask, have it get kind of ripped. And then just have that wrestler go screw this and just take off the mask. I don't think I've ever seen that. Have you guys seen that? I don't think so. We can only hope it happens with most of Retribution. Oh. And by the way, it, it's always interesting to see what because I've never seen El Desperado without his mask. I'm like, holy shit, this man's handsome. Why are they putting him in a mask? Uh, it's always the handsome ones. Go fig. I, I'm I I have to give you a warning right now, Erica. Uh, we haven't even gotten through the first round, and you've already uh, talked about how handsome two different wrestlers are. Yeah, but you should see what El Desperado looks like. Third strike, Holy and I'm bonk, I'm bonking you right to horny jail. I just want you to know that. Mm. <laughs> bonk, All bonk, right. bonk, bonk, bonk. <laughs> bonk. <laughs> Look, my sex drive is all screwed up because of the antidepressants. So sometimes. It just happens. So, like, this is rare. So, hooray. All right. Well, let's go from uh, something that was very shocking on the shores of New Japan to something that we found extremely shocking in the uh, world of WWE. The Wrestling Observer reported this week that Vince McMahon had a fit over the in-ring work of a handful of roster talent, including Dio Madden, Dabakato, AJ Styles' bodyguard, almost, who I had no idea was actually going to be wrestling, Otis, and Keith Lee. 
Uh, all of those names will be attending classes at the Performance Center twice a week. Who is teaching those Performance Center classes? Nate? Drew Gulak. That's who I've got here, Mr. Drew Gulak. And Adam Pierce, surprisingly, is going to be uh, a part Scrap of that. Scrap daddy Adam Pierce. <laughs> um, of course, the the obvious outrage is, what the fuck are you doing sending Keith Lee to Performance Center classes? Yeah, that's when we... fucking ridiculous. Yeah, we've all seen him. Um just uh, just off the top of your head, if you were going to take somebody from the main roster and uh, send them back to the performance center to to kind of shine up their their in ring work, just shout a name out. Who would you think? All of Retribution. I mean, you know, Ooh. Dio Madden. Sure, start there. But uh, you know, just in fact, take them past the performance center. Take them all the way to Connecticut. Give them new gimmicks. That's what I say. <laughs> what do you say, Shawnee? Is there is there a name that you can think of that you would say, hey, why don't you like uh, you know, go back to the performance center for, you know, a little little startup? No, I don't like this game, Chuck, because what it's doing is asking me to say what do these people need to do to excel in WWE? And I don't think that anyone really deserves that. I don't know why anyone would want that. Like creativity that's, that's- should be a self-expressive exercise and and that's all sucked out of this thing. So so no, I, 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 I'm not participating. Maybe Seamus. Maybe fucking Seamus. <laughs> Erica, does the name come to mind for you? You know, every time I, th- I mean, if you were thinking about just pure skills in the ring, um, I mean, there's the obvious choices. There's your Nia Jaxes. There's your Lacey Evanses. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, just I as was... far as just like, like, let's just Lana. Let's be. Yes, like let's be able to be safe and, and in the ring and not hurt people and be able to execute moves in a fashion that is believable and not janky. And I think that's I think that's a very simple request. Yeah, I had uh, I had also read that part of the reason that this is even occurring is because Bruce Pritchard is not a fan of how NXT trains talent. So it'll be interesting to see if that is remotely true, what kind of divide comes up between, you know, philosophies of how talent is supposed to perform, much less be trained. At the end of our first round, Erica, what are we looking at in points? We've got Nate with four points. Uh, Shawnee yet to get on the board. Uh, last thing I want to do is mess up any sort of points considering <laughs> today's uh, circumstance considering with today's game. Everything that's on the line today. I just don't want to fuck up. All right. I want to I make sure everything is legit. Yeah, don't worry about it. I'm the one that gets I'm the one that gets yelled at. It's all good. Speaking of Chuck, that first round took like 25 minutes. There's no reason for these rounds to take 25 minutes. I need you to adhere to the schedule. Okay. Fair enough. We're going into our second round, and uh, Sean, you've got the opportunity to uh, get some points. Do you want to talk about Raw and SmackDown or AEW and NXT? Oh, boy. Let's talk about uh, AEW and NXT. All right. Sounds good. So uh, which superstar made their return on this week's episode of NXT? Hmm. I'm just going to throw this uh, dart against the, the, the board and hope it sticks. Finn Balor? Technically, that is correct. It's not what I have here, but I'm going to take it because uh, th- this question has a few different answers. Although the answer I had here, which pertains. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Give Nate a chance to answer. Yeah, you know what, Nate? You can you yeah. can steal a point here. Who made their? Who else besides Finn Balor made their return to NXT this week? Pretty glad. Uh, pretty glad I wasn't complaining about that uh, that point that was just awarded right there because I'm not watching NXT. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> All right. That's fair. No, uh, Karrion Cross also returning to uh, NXT after uh, NXT War Games last week. Of course, they're you know rebuilding towards whatever they've got next. Nate, you already said that um, you didn't really watch NXT, but uh, I think we all watched War Games. What did you guys think of that? And what do you think of NXT moving forward? As expected, I enjoyed War Games quite a bit, but it didn't feel like something that lit a fuse for me to watch NXT. I'm extremely down on WWE and, uh, and this did nothing to change that I tweeted. And as a matter of fact, on Thursday, boy, if NXT's primary business model wasn't to siphon the, uh, senior citizen audience away from AEW, it'd be fun to watch a, uh, NXT on Thursday nights, but 
I mean, as long as they're content uh, to give something the oldies to watch on Wednesdays, I'm not going to be there as one of them. Yeah, I, I'm kind of right there with you. Um, so I, I watched War Games. I was not that impressed with it. You know, there were some funny spots uh, in the women's War Games match. Io Shirai with that trash can. Um, you know, I, I I genuinely really liked the uh, Timothy Thatcher and uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, that was a great match. That was maybe yeah, that was the, brutal. That was a just I I really enjoyed that had all of my attention. Uh, I like both those guys. Um, and and it was just that was a really really fun match. I thought, uh, listen, you know, we sat around and worried about Effie, uh, you know, being in such a high level uh, match like war games. And the exact thing that I thought was going to happen happened. He had a couple of high spots and I got to give him that, that jump off the top of the cage, you know, that took some balls and he laid it in, but they clearly were hiding his shortcomings behind the three other guys. And at some point, I lost focus. I lost interest. I I kind of came back in for the finish, but I, it was not the most impressive War Games match. And after last week's question, it really dawned on me: like, would they even have a War Games without the Undisputed Era? Like, if they if the Undisputed Era went to the main roster, would that just would that pay per view just go away? Because they've been in almost all of them. Yeah. Well, rightfully so. They're fucking great at them. But I just I don't think that their opponents were terribly good. Also, I feel really bad for Candice LeRae, who got her arm broken. That was that th- that spot when it happened. I was like, this is dumb. Why are you doing this? Don't do this. And then sure enough, she gets her arm fucking broken. I was really upset about that spot because she moved the chair so that yes! the, the the part that you would land on that typically would be good to land on was right. facing her instead of facing outward. I, I, I w- it is it was as much Candace's fault as it was. Uh, I, I think it was Shotzi. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it was easily as much Candace's fault as it was Shotzi's. Um, but it was just that sp- the whole spot was dumb. It shouldn't have been done. It shouldn't have been included. It was really fucking bad. Otherwise, the show was, you know, like a two out of five. I think the biggest problem with the War Games match is the same problems you have with Hell in a Cell and Tables, Ladders, and Chairs in that those are matches that should be earned by the stories being told. And instead, WWE insists on shoehorning stories around the spectacle. The other thing is that uh, justifiably so you need to highlight the women's division as you highlight the men's division. The answer to that isn't that you do two matches. The women get to do their version. It's it's, that's a really silly way to go about it. You can have two huge matches that don't have to be the exact same template. And what you've done is you've burned out all of the, the, all, all of the extra bells and whistles that the, um, that, that the war games match, provides to the audience yeah. you've you've burned them all out it's like oh with this thing we can add this and this and this to professional wrestling well let's go ahead and make sure we do two a year so all of that mystery is gone all of that pizzazz is gone and it's just another hell in a cell match now right or the fact that you you know with a lot of these gimmick matches now because it's probably more cost effective to only have to haul out the elimination chamber once a year instead of uh, letting the story dictate the match. They're letting the matches dictate the story, much like Survivor Series, which we got a couple of uh, weeks ago that, you know, sometimes Survivor Series are great because the story warrants it, and sometimes they're not. Yeah. Uh, Erica, do you have anything to add before we move on? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, one, I think Shawnee made a fantastic point just about the use of war games and all the other, you know, Hell in a Cell gimmick-type matches. They lose their luster. Um, when they're just always part of the calendar, these matches should be special. They should only, they should be used sparingly. They shouldn't even, they shouldn't be the part, like the, the, the main frame around a a pay-per-view. I mean, he makes an absolutely incredible point with that. Um, I mean, the, the two matches, they, they were fine. Um, the, their endings were predictable. They had some outrageous bots, but you know, if if it's not going to kind of further a storyline 
or do something impressive um, just as far as any feuds go. And it's just supposed to be like a violent spot fest. You know, why risk your talent getting hurt, which they did, if it's not going to kind of further anything or at least not surprise people. And I think that's we're probably always going to have to deal with that with WWE. That's just that's just what they tend to do now. All right, well, let's move on to our second question in the Wednesday Night War category. This one coming to us from AEW Dynamite. Who attacked Orange Cassidy, helping NJF retain his diamond ring during the main event of Dynamite this week? Shawnee? Uh, Rusev. Mm, He's got another name. Oh, Miro. (laughs) My bad. Yeah, Miro is what I was looking for. Um, what did you guys think about this match? I thought the the battle royal leading into it was a lot of fun. And uh, for a second there, I thought they really might take the diamond ring away from MJF. Maybe I'm just a mark. I, I think that what this week's AEW ran into is we're we're at such a critical mass with this Kenny Omega winter is coming impact crossover excitement that it just there was just a lot in this episode it was just it was chock full of great stuff and if we didn't have all of these added expectations and anticipations built up within us i think it would have been another fine episode of AEW and i think it was an, in fact another fine episode of AEW but they're coming now and trying to pump the endorphin drips in so hot and heavy so frequently that it's really hard to maintain that and so uh while i think it probably was a great episode i I, i'm exhausted i was exhausted i was there for it i was ready for it but i felt like okay a lot of things happened to me while i was watching the show but i'm i'm now i'm i'm so keyed up that i'm not sure i'm even capable of like dissecting it all and then analyzing it all Um, sure and i don't know how you get yourself out of this if you're aew right do you book a a lousy episode so everyone can catch their breath (laughs) uh it's it's a real tricky spot to be in i think you bring up a really good point that there is just so much going on that a lot gets just lost in the noise um i i wish i understood what they were doing with miro and kip sabian They have had the, you know, like we never got the bachelor party that was teased with, uh, with, um, Billy Mitchell, like that never happened or Billy, whatever his name is. I forget the the fucking donkey Kong guy. Um, (laughs) we we never, we know like, there's so many that, you know, like, like this has been dragged out and I just feel like both Miro and Kip have no idea what they're doing with one another and uh, someone is writing it because they don't seem like they would actually be friends. Like it just, I need some direction with that specific storyline because that got lost in the noise. The shack thing got lost in the noise, despite, uh, you know, being the uh, pulling the highest rating, but the whole brandy thing where she's face one week, heal the next week, throwing water on shack. I don't get it, man. Like, you know, she, she cuts, she cuts one of the most impressive promos one week. And then, you know, like she disappears for two and then throws water on Shaq. Like what is actually going on? Figure out the stories that you want to tell. And, and the ones that I think are worth telling the most right now are the young bucks, Kenny Omega and sting. Those are the three things those are the three big planets that I want the stories to largely orbit around. The rest of the show can be wrestling matches. They don't have to be angles. We're dangerously, dangerously close to like the crash booking of late nineties, WCW. Like it's, it's getting that ADD. It's not that bad because Russo's a fucking idiot but it's it's close to being that disjointed. And I, I just think they need to kind of pare down some of the stories that they're telling. Well, I'm glad you brought up all the other things that were going on in Impact because our third question is, or not an Impact, on AEW. Our third question is about one of those things that was going on in AEW. Uh, Shawnee, I believe you still got an opportunity to get three points here. On Dynamite this week, Sting said that there was something really, really familiar about this place, and then they switched to a different shot. What was he referring to? Um, the Canadian kid who likes turtles, Chuck. Darby <laughs> Allen. 
Yeah, I've got uh, Darby Allen sitting up in the cheap seats, a la Sting, up in the rafters for uh, three points here. We're not quite sure about Sting's role, but it is exciting to see that uh, they they you know are looking to put Darby Allen possibly against them after this week. Has anyone changed their mind about wanting to see him in the ring at all? We know that Tony Khan is a stats guy, and I'm wondering if he, if he's like micro analyzing numbers to decide what happens with Sting going forward. Um, it sure seems like they they sowed the seeds for an eventual match with Cody Rhodes. Uh, you, you certainly, there's going to be some kind of uh, angle involving Darby Allen. I, I think there's a ton of fun to be had there, and I don't think it has to culminate in a one-on-one match. Uh, and I think that most people generally agree with that. I don't know that there are a ton of people who are, you know, regular ardent fans of professional wrestling. Uh, but also have some kind of uh, brain outside of the ring uh, who are just champing at the bit to see a Sting match. We're excited to see Sting. We're excited about the things that he can bring. Um, you know, they, they have, I think, indicated that he has a 0-0-0 record, uh, basically, again, suggesting that there is a record to change and that would require some in-ring work. So, you know, I, I think it's inevitable that we will see him in a match, uh, maybe a couple of matches. Uh, I'm not excited for it, and I assume that they would be very um, limited in scope to protecting, uh, perhaps even be cinematic matches. And I'm fine with that, you know. Uh, Sting will have to get over with me, and however they decide to do that, I'm looking forward to, because uh, the excitement that he has from people who are fans of him lead me to believe that he has all the capability in the world, and and I'm likely to get on the train once it gets rolling. I'm genuinely looking forward to the Sting, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, uh, Jake Roberts fatal four-way that is eventually going to be coming. Right? No, no. I have no desire to see him in the ring. I have no desire to see him get physical. I don't want to see Sting die on television. I'm I'm sticking with that. Um, You know, and again, they brought Arn Anderson in, and no one went... Well, when's when is Arn getting in the ring? Right. You know, Tully's here. We got the brain busters. I mean, clearly, you know, you got the rock and roll express. Let's book this fucking match. You know, like that's not that. No, no one wants to see that. I don't understand what the fascination with seeing Sting get physical again is. I do not. I just don't get it. He's had his moments in the ring. I don't think what he brings to AEW is an in-ring presence. Don't want to see it. Still don't want to see it. Well, and we've seen in the last year, too, that when it comes to using uh, classic names that we are familiar with, AEW does a pretty good job of making sure to protect them. You, and- you no, know, you're right. And, and But the thing is, is that I've also seen the fucking Saudi Arabia matches where Shawn Michaels bald ass and Triple H tear a fucking pack in the first 60 seconds. And, you know, what What are the fucking the, the brothers of destruction? Cool. No, no. It'll just expose how bad these guys cannot fucking go. Do not do this, AEW. Do not make the same mistake that WWE has made for the past, like, five years. It's embarrassing when it happens. L- just learn the lesson that Taker did. He sh- he knows that that fucking match with Reigns was garbage. Don't repeat the same mistake. All right. Well, after at the end of two rounds, Erica, uh, if I'm not mis- if I'm not incorrect, I think the points are tied. Uh, no, I have Shawnee with six and Nate with four. Okay. Was there? Oh, that's right. That New Japan question. Nobody got that one. That is, All right. That is correct. So Shawnee pulling ahead, uh, which means, uh, Nate, you've got an opportunity to uh, run the, th- the third category, and that category being the Thunderground Underdome of talking about Raw and SmackDown. Typically the, uh, the category that Justin does the best at, so it would be interesting to see how this works out. For our first question, let's talk about Monday Night Raw. Uh, Matt Riddle approached Jeff Hardy on Raw and asked him to team with him. What did Riddle say their team name would be? Uh, The Hardy Bros. That's correct. One point to you. Um, Let's talk Monday Night Raw. Do we have any opinions? Uh, Did we watch any of it? Did we like something? Did we not like something? I just want some of Matt Riddle's bro-nuts. That's all I want. Yeah, they did look delicious. No, they didn't. (laughs) <laughs> y'all remember when uh, Dean Ambrose told uh, Finn Balor to have a carb 
trying to give him a donut. That was great. <laughs> I don't remember that. No, Monday Night Raw was fucking horrible. It, it's it's miserable. I hate watching this show. I hate I at at this point I hate watch it. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I, I'm I th- God damn. It's so hard to watch. It's so hard to get through. And nothing, you know, like retribution is continuing to lose and Mustafa Ali is freaking out at him. Where is that going? What is it? I I just, you know, anything except for Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. That's the only thing that I like on this entire fucking show because they just seem like a Scot and an Irishman who struck up a friendship and all they do is drink together and fight. And I think that that works. That that works as a gimmick. I like that. I mean, it eventually will build to a match, but right. I, I like where it's going. It, and and like to have them fight and then to have them take Pat Buck and put him through a table. And then they're like, let's go get, you know, let's go get a pint. Fine. You're buying, you know, like, great. That's awesome. I want more of that. That's hilarious to me. That deserves to be on a fucking wrestling show. The rest of it, the other two and uh, two hours and 40 minutes was fucking rubbish. You know what? Just just for uh, purposes of getting the audio later, can you say that's good shit? That's such good shit, pal. There you go. Absolutely. Shawnee, what about you? No, I didn't watch it, Chuck. I'd rather sit for three hours and listen to you, a broadcast professional, chew into a microphone than watch Ron Monday anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry for as listen for as dumb as triple mania was. I genuinely enjoyed it far more than I have enjoyed raw for the past six months. Way I think you more. all got to start watching raw the same, the same way I watch raw. You tune in about halfway through the show and you fast forward through all the matches and just listen to the uh, promos. I don't know I, if the promos are good either, Chuck. Yeah, that doesn't, <laughs> that sounds equally unappealing. All right. Well, let's move on with our uh, our second question in the uh, Smack Draw category. Moving over to SmackDown, main event over there this week was Sasha Banks and Carmella for the uh, women's title. It ended in a disqualification. What objects did Carmella use after the match to attack Banks? An ice bucket and a, uh, a bottle of champagne. That's right. A little bit of the bubbly, if you will. This is Carmella's first match in about uh, seven months. How did you guys think she looked? She wasn't terrible. I, I mean, she it, she didn't have a ton of ring rust. I still don't like her gear or her new gimmick. And from all of the promos that she was cutting earlier on in the evening, it really does seem like they were just like, yeah, you're an escort. You're a whore. Like, that's that's your gimmick. You're a whore. You get paid to to have sex with people. And that's your gimmick. And she's like, sure. All right, cool. I'm, I'm I don't need to hear anymore. It's it's and that's on regular non-cable television. That's on regular broadcast television. If I was Fox, I'd be fucking lighting my hair on fire. Um, <laughs> I, I I'm I'm not a fan. I did not think that this was main event worthy either. Like the match just kind of stunk. And I don't I don't think it was necessarily Carmella. I just don't know that Sasha and Carmella work together very well. That may be Carmella's issue. I I don't know. I don't. I've never really paid attention to her. I saw the pictures. I think she looks like a million bucks, but uh, I didn't watch it, Chuck. All right. No, that's fair. That's fair enough. I do like that they've given her kind of a, a valet, and that he's taken quite a bit of bumps from Sasha Banks in the first uh, his first appearance. I don't know that she needed a sommelier, to be honest <laughs> with you. I, I was just going to say, I just like the fact that they refer to him as her sommelier. Like, that's the, like, I think that that is the only charming thing I can really kind of take from all. Like, she looked fine. Like, I agree. She like it was fine. Um, but, yeah, I, I was tickled at the fact that, oh, no, this is her sommelier. That means, like, oh, that's almost clever. And I'm not used to seeing clever things from the WWE. Sure. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into our third point question for you, Nate. Uh, Baron Corbin revealed the name of his new team of Stephen Cutler and Wesley Blake. For three points, what member of the Spin Doctors celebrated a birthday this past Saturday? (laughs) Wait. No, I'm sorry. I didn't have my glasses on. The actual question is, what what was the name of their team, Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake? Oh, shit. Uh, I actually had the answer to the other one. Um, (laughs) 
No, you didn't. No, you're right. I didn't. I couldn't name you a member of the Spin Doctors if my life depended on it. Gun <laughs> to the head. No, I'm dead. It was the Knights of the Lone Wolf. That's correct. Ah, yes. Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake as the Knights of the Lone Wolf. Also, something we uh, we briefly mentioned those guys were the forgotten sons with another member who showed up on main event this week with a not even monday night raw main event uh what do you guys feel about the resurrection of the three members of the forgotten sons um i i don't know i mean again this is baron corbin's uh mid-card vortex that we're talking about so i don't expect it to end terribly well for either of these guys uh however Jackson Riker, uh, the fact that they've got him paired up with Elias and uh, just why just fire him and be done with it. Um, And, and, uh, you know, to this point, Dave Meltzer was, uh, you know, braying on last week about, oh, well, uh, Jackson Riker is definitely going to be let go in the next round of uh, of, of cuts. Yeah. And then he shows right the fuck up on television. And it leads me to believe that Dave is just like the rest of us. Unless he gets a call from someone in WWE, he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. I'm just I'm really tired of of Dave saying something. It getting repeated on all of the news channels, Wrestle Talk and fucking, uh, you know, uh, whatever the, the the other ones are, WrestleMania and uh, yeah, we don't listen to them because we're busy making our own product and we're way more entertaining. Yeah, let's go with that because that hasn't won me the game multiple times in a row. Is just keeping up on their shows. Um, but <laughs> but the thing the thing is is that it all of this shit gets repeated over and over again. And then I, I don't know, like, I have to believe that there is one person that's dedicated at WWE to watching all of that shit and going, hey, man, you know what the YouTube's saying? They're saying that this Jackson Riker guy is uh, going to get fired. And Vince goes, well, I was going to fire him, but now let's put him on main event. And just to make just to make Dave look like a fucking jerk off, uh, right. you know, like, I, I don't I, I just I don't know what to believe. And I think fucking Dave can be an idiot sometimes. Anything to add there, Shawnee? Uh, no, the Forgotten Sons don't really move the needle for me. Uh, it, you oh know, yeah, I, said I forgot about them. For this to <laughs> for this to work, it was going to have to be a uh, a change in attitude for Baron Corbin, a change in trajectory for Baron Corbin. But no, it looks like it's going to be what the Dante's Inferno of uh, <laughs> what did you refer? How did you refer to it last week? Chuck the Dante's Inferno, Inferno of pies to the face or something. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like the court jesters of the court jester. Oh, such good shit. Such good shit. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, that's the end of our three rounds, Erica. As we go into our final fall, where do the points stand? As to final fall, we got Nate with 10 points, Shawnee with six. But uh, once again, still anyone's game. Absolutely. Also, and uh, happy birthday, Mr. Eric Shankman. I appreciate all your musical output. As we head into the final fall, this one is going to be uh, one question. And uh, it's going to be kind of uh, Price is Right rules. You're going to be the closest without going over to a numerical figure. Um, I'll ask you guys to both put them in the, uh, to private message me, and then I'll, I'll reveal who won the 10 points for the final fall. And here's the question. Kenny Omega's appearance on impact this week caused some significant rating increases on both AXS TV and the impact Twitch channel without going over guess the number of viewers impact got on their live stream on Twitch at its peak. While that's going on, Erica, is there anything we didn't talk about this week that you'd like to uh, throw out there for our listeners? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I was doing a little, I was doing a little thinking this week uh, re- in regard to AEW's women's roster, and I feel like this uh, partnership with Impact is really going to benefit them. Say what you want about Impact; they have some excellent uh women on their roster i mean jordan you've got jordan grace um diana perrazzo your bay uh rosemary sure. like they have they have a they have a lot of really cool talent i really hope to see some decent crossover with them and also as i was sitting and thinking uh we've all talked about like 
there, there's got to be a matter of time before AEW poaches someone from their, you know, WWE's women's division. And I looked at like the rosters and I, and I'm like, who could it be? Who could they actually, you know, take that they're not utilizing? And personally, I would love to see Naomi somehow end up on AEW. Sure. I think she's incredibly talented. Talented. She's incredibly charismatic. She has a, a, a rather large following. People really like her. And she just never seems to get enough love. And I mean, I the likelihood of her going over there, who knows? But looking at their roster, it would make the most sense. I feel like she could benefit, AEW could benefit. It could be a wonderful thing. So I'm hoping to put it out in the universe and maybe it'll happen. No, that's fair. I, I think that the most val if I was AEW right now. I would devote every cent that I had to getting CM Punk after his appearance on Renee Young's podcast. Yeah. After he put, after he put it out into the ether that it would take a dump truck of money and something that would really interest him to, to get that done. And, and specifically citing AEW as well. If I were Tony Khan, I would not look at, any other acquisitions and I would put together the craziest storyline for punk that I could the most appealing, the, the coolest storyline that I possibly could and thrown all of the money that I could to get him because that uh, there is no bigger name in wrestling right now that could get the spotlight on AEW like CM punk could. No, that's fair. I could see that. I'm personally talking about the women's division, especially with Impact and uh, AEW working together. I want an Abaddon and Rosemary tag team. I think those two I would be see, so I could see that happening. Together. Yeah. Give me my spooky bullshit. I, I could see that happening, well, but I, I still stand by that. I wouldn't even invest in, in any... I would invest in no other talent until I secured Punk. That's what... All right. Well, let's take care of our uh, final fall here. For 10 points, I ask you guys, what was the number of viewers that uh, Impact had on their live stream on Twitch at its peak? Uh, the the correct answer is 55,396. Nate, you came in with a guess of 50K. Shawnee guessed 54,000, which gives him the 10 points, which I believe... Puts him over for this week's uh for this week's particular episode. Shawnee wins the match, maybe not the title, but uh, as far as Nate is concerned, justice unfortunately will not be served. You have to take that up with the booking department. Shawnee, sixty seconds on the clock. Uh, anything you want to talk about before we uh, wrap this show up? I stand before you today not only as the seventeen dollar man, but the bearer of the points that Nate wanted so badly. How does it feel, Nate? How does it feel? Remember them points that you were bitching about? Well, they're mine now. They're mine, Nate Bender, and there's no way you're ever going to get them back. Next week, Justin's going to return. The Sunshine Buddies will be united, and we'll be playing for the title again. And these points will remain on my wall forever ensconced in the gold of this victory. All right, uh, Nate. Rough loss this week. Like I said, uh, as far as you're concerned, I'm sure justice was not served. But you're still a champ. Uh, anything we didn't talk about this week you'd like to uh, discuss? You know what, Shawnee Constant? You enjoyed those points, those empty points that will get you nothing in the future when you come for my championship. I will stand victorious. Points do not matter. Championships matter. And I still stand before you, your undefeated champion. All right. Uh, with that, we're going to wrap up this week's show. Also, I wanted to give a shout out to Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch having the birth of their daughter this week. Uh, her name is Rue, spelled R-O-U-X. And uh, I did a quick Google search and Rue is apparently flour and fat cooked together to thicken sauces. I should not be surprised that the woman that is so into quinoa named her daughter after a food item. My name is Chuck Bean. You can find me online at twitch.tv backslash C-H-Z-U-C-K playing a whole bunch of rock band on Sundays. And you can find me on the Nerd Radio podcast, the Talk Horror to Me podcast, and of course this podcast here, which I encourage you to rate and review wherever you get your podcast. Shawnee, where can people find you online? People can find me on the Talk Horror to Me podcast. They can find me running the Twitter account here for this show at One Fall Show. Come on over and uh, engage while I'm live tweeting on AEW and maybe Impact even. Who knows? Uh, I think also, I, I want to ask you, uh, 
Uh, you said, um, Erica, that you were going to be taking a day off, perhaps, to watch uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Is that is that accurate? Do I remember correctly? That is correct, sir. I took time off from work. I took vacation time to watch Wrestle Kingdom uh, after the holidays. I did not take time off during the holidays to spend time with family, but I took vacation time to watch Wrestle Kingdom. Will you be watching it live or are you going to be watching it uh, later in the day? Oh, no. The, the the plan is to wake my ass up and watch that shit live as it emanates from the Tokyo Dome. Excellent. Okay. I may do the same thing and we are psychopaths for doing so, but I, I'm going to put in as soon as the show's over, I'm going to put in for my day off. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm also looking forward to ignoring WWE until at least that day. All right. There you go. Uh, Erica, we, we're just hearing from you. Where can we find you online? Uh, people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Erica underscore Bannis. And just as a reminder, Shawnee, uh, Wrestle Kingdom is tonight's. Uh, so you better take off two days if you, if you got them. Nate, wrap us up. Where can people find you online? Find me at Nate Benderama on Twitter and streaming live over at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. Make sure you join us Saturdays at 4 p.m. for the Super Universe, a heavily modified WWE 2K19, where the action is called by yours truly, as well as Chuck Bean and uh, Shawnee Constant, along with uh, my uh, right-hand man, Will Cherry. Join all of us, again, Saturdays, 4 p.m., live over at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio and on the One Fall Show YouTube channel. Yeah, not to pat myself on the back too much, but uh, kind of was my idea to do uh, Super Universe mode, and it's turned into way more fun than even I expected. It's not perfect, but it's a lot of fun, so make sure you check us out. Thanks again for downloading this week's One Fall Show. Hope you have a, a fantastic Hanukkah if you're celebrating it, and a fantastic holiday. We will talk to you next week about everything happened in the news of uh, wrestling. Man, I botched that ending, didn't I? Womp womp. You did, but it's... You yeah, well, deserve it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well done, folks. Hey, we got through it. Yeah, no, that was entertaining as fuck. You guys going at each other at the end there. Yeah, that was that was fun. I think if if at all possible, I know, Shawnee, you got a great setup behind you with your frames. I would love to see just like a scotch tape piece of loose leaf paper that says Nate's point. Very smart. I just think it because it, it's like, once again, your background looks it looks beautiful. But then all of a sudden just be like, no, we're going to scotch tape this to the wall <laughs> and have it just be like at the little tabity do's like ripped out of a like a spiral notebook. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's a thought. Right. Yeah. Frame it. <laughs> Do you have any uh, any titles for us, Erica? I, I love that idea, by the way. I'll, I'll work on it. I have one, two, three, six ideas. Uh, leading off with, fuck them kids, happy holidays. <laughs> um, uh, we don't want to see Sting die in the ring. Yeah. Uh, here, Nate, do a great impression of Uncle Dave. <laughs> You know what the the impression is? It is hinged on the mouth sounds because Dave has a lot of mouth sounds, and I I he does. can't You're right. stand listening to. I I actually it hurts me to listen to Dave sometimes. Apparently, so do I. I yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, uh, we forgot about the forgotten sons. Uh, <laughs> happy birthday, Eric Sh Shankman. Or Eric whoever Shankman. the fuck it was. <laughs> Eric Shankman, the guitarist for the Spin Doctors. Which I mean, it make I mean that that I just wrote that down because I thought it was funny. I don't think that's a great title, but it was a fun joke. And then lastly, we take vacation days to watch Wrestle Kingdom live. Right. Like I don't know, there's there's something there. Uh, yeah, kind of a, yeah, kind of a weird week, but it was fun. I had a good time. I I think it's an, a very entertaining episode. Yeah, well, I I do like the fact that we saved WWE for last. And we're like, all right, let's just blow through this bullshit. <laughs> it's like, kind of funny. Like, like, uh, like we were all like, once again, that first round, how long was it? Shawnee it was over 25 minutes. <laughs> right. I think we, I think we all knew by the time we got to WWE, it was just going to be like, this fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we're, none of us are happy. Few. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I barely watch. I read recaps. That's it. That's the way I do the questions. And then YouTube, like, it's just, it's a, it's not good. It's not good. 
Yeah, I, I literally, I'll be at the station on a Monday night, sometimes even on a Friday night, and I'll tune in halfway through the show and do exactly what I was saying. I was like, oh, it's a ricochet match. I want to see that. Oh, but I don't give a fuck about Matt Riddle anymore, so I'm fast-forwarding through this entire match. You know, I think that's a huge part of my disappointment. You know, you know, we understand that when you have something, you know, shoot for a moment here. When you have something as all-encompassing as WWE, right, the show must go on and the show has gone on for 40 years. Right. You're going to have ebbs and flows. But between the bad storytelling that does exist and then uh, between Matt Riddle and Velveteen Dream, you had two of the younger guys in the pipeline who I my excitement for them was at like an 11. I was so in. And now it makes me sad to see them. Yeah. And so where I, where normally I would say the writing's bad, but at least I get to see the early work of Matt Riddle, a guy who I'm going to enjoy for the next 15 years. Instead, the stories are bad and God damn it. I'm going to have to be reminded of what great potential this guy had before I found out that he's kind of a scumbag. Sure. And whether or not those guys have uh, redemption arcs in their life, or they're even as scummy as I'm personally perceived them to be. The problem is, is I allowed myself to be vulnerable. I allowed myself to have a childhood, a, a childish appreciation for the work that they were putting in. And they crush that with awful decisions and fuck them for well, that. And and here's the thing too. Like I, you, you can take even being a scumbag out of the equation. The same fucking thing is happening with Keith Lee right now. That's what he, I was going to bring up. Yeah. He was a fucking force of nature on the Indies. His star was, was rapidly rising and they're just, and, and, and he fucking ruled in NXT and they're using him like a fucking jerk off. You can tell that the minute he hit the main roster, they're like, all right, no more top rope moves. Don't do this. Don't do this. No no moonsaults. No, no planches. No fucking. Yeah. Like we only want to see you do power moves. That's it. You move like a big man. And, and uh, to me, that's why he probably went back to, to the, the fucking performance center. Is you know he wasn't moving like a big man because he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to work with all of the downsides that big guys usually have to do to keep from fucking hurting themselves. It reminds me of something I'd, I'd heard AJ Styles say in conversation in the in that like when you get to the WWE, Vince has a character in mind already for you, and it's not so much that you're getting there to do what you've done at a higher level than you've ever done it before. You're getting there to play the character the old man wants. And right. I am over the moon about how good Sami Zayn is at giving the boss what he's looking for mm-hmm. and still being, you know, and still somehow being entertaining to me. Whereas I also completely agree with what Sean said yesterday when we were streaming about like, I would love to see Sami Zayn absolutely anywhere else doing what he wants to do. Yeah. Well, if uh, if Keith Lee does come out a skinny white guy, then I think the WWE system is way more toxic than we even knew. 